everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with today's Devo writer, Martha Iaramendi. Did I get it right? Yes, you did great. Great job, Emma. Martha, tell us about you. How'd you come to know the Lord and What's he doing in your life? Yeah. Hey, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me today. You're welcome. So excited. Um, so yeah, a little bit about myself. I came to know the Lord when I was nine years old. So I heard very vividly and clear what the gospel was. And I remember being nine, raising my hand and saying, hey, I want that. But because I didn't have a true understanding of what that looked like to actually live a life with Christ after I had accepted Him. I believe I lived a really lukewarm faith where the Lord still used me in many, many ways. And I can go back and be grateful for those moments. But it wasn't until I was about 26 years old that I got here to Dallas and I found biblical understanding at Watermark and I found a community who kind of helped me be guided into that. Sure. That I would say, hey, that's when I actually started not to just know about God, but knew God. Mm. So came into a relationship with Him and um, the Lord has been amazing since. It has been a lot of str- struggles and trials in between. Um But I came to be able to see that He was my true Savior when I was wanting to create idols of people around me and circumstances around me. And He was very quick of saying like, hey, no, I am who I I say I am and come back to me. And this is where I have been since. So it's been eight years, eight and a half years now, wow, since I've been here. And the Lord has allowed us an opportunity to first serve with our uh, re-engaged team in Spanish. you and your husband. Me and my husband, yes. And then uh, now I have the pleasure and honor to be able to serve with our Watermark and Espanol team here on staff. And I get to not just assist them with all of their admin needs, but get to help them lead the women's ministry in Spanish. I love it. So if Somebody is a Spanish speaker or they've got a friend who speaks Spanish. When's that service? Yes. Where can we point them? So, so excited to know, uh, for you all to know that we have a service at 1115, which is going simultaneously through our, from our English service at 1115 in the loft. So come, come and join us. We're technically one week behind, so we're not missing much. Yeah. You're just going to come and hear what the Lord is doing. And right now, in this moment, we are going through our series Made, which is been amazing to be able to learn through Genesis. I love it. I love it. So uh, today we're in Acts 5. Yes. And uh, I I know you wrote this Devo. Tell us, tell us about it. What did the Lord show you as you reflected on this chapter? I know you wrote your Devo back when you were in the Institute. So what did that season look like and, and how did Acts 5 encourage you? Yeah. So when I wrote um, my Devo on Acts 5, I was going through it in the Institute as a a fellow for Watermark in Espanol. And in this season, listen, Emma, when we got here to Watermark, I would say that it was one of the hardest years of our lives, the first two years, because the Lord revealed a lot of sin in our lives that we mm-hmm. had to kind of surrender to Him. But I would say that last year, as we were going through, as I was going through the Institute and had all the things that happened in our life, last year was probably the second hardest year of our life. So while we were there, we had the honor and privilege of being able to host my sister who was relocating to Dallas. But listen, it's five of us in my house, and then (laughs) she has six of her own. So we were 11 in a very pretty, you know, not too spacious home. (laughs) 
So it made it interesting and made it fun. Sure. But it was a lot of us and having to, you know, deal with seven kiddos plus four adults and all of us at work, all of us at school, plus me having to study and not being yeah. at home as much because I had to be able to study and you can't do that with seven kids sometimes. <laughs> Loved having them there, but it was that extra, extra challenge. And then in the middle of the year last year, my husband um, had to consider and just move his career. It was just a moment of like, we didn't know what was happening. There was a certain circumstance that kind of came up and had to surrender it to the Lord. We didn't know what his next step was going to be. So in that moment, our troubles and what we believed that was going to be the, was going to carry us for the rest of our lives turned out to be, it wasn't that. So not having to walk through that and say, hey, Lord. To sum it up, you've got 11 people total living in your home. You've gone back to school, which meant your job changed a little bit. You've got husband having a major career change. And you find yourself in X5. And then on top of all of that, my oldest son is starting middle school the same day that I'm starting school. So we're like, okay, this is not the same. There's a lot going on. Yes. I was like, hey, Lord, I know you're doing something. What what is it that you're doing? Yeah. And yeah, so then I find myself in X5. And we see in X5 that um, the Lord is already starting the church. This is the Lord has uh, already—Jesus already ascended, and He's leaving His people— to work here. And we see the apostles creating all of um, walking along with the people in the church. And when we get to Acts 5, we see that they start creating and doing so many signs and wonders. And the Jewish church is not too happy. So um, so then we see the Sadducees being um, not really liking what is happening. You know, the Lord is working through the apostles and they're doing all these signs and wonders and miracles. And as they're walking by, they're saying, hey, how I'm thinking this is what they're probably thinking is like, hey, how can we stop them? So they're being thrown into jail. But what they don't see and realize is that we serve a living God, that even though He was probably not with us in in person, He was there in spirit. So the Lord sends an angel, and this angel is taking them out of the jail only to be uh, putting the apostles back into the streets, and they continue to preach the gospel. So again, I'm thinking, okay, they're not going to like this, and they really don't like this. And this time, they get sent back to jail again. But not only are they back in jail, but they're beaten. They're beaten almost to death. And I think at one point, they also do say, hey, like, they are going to be killed. But a Pharisee, uh, his name was Gamaliel, uh, he used to teach the law and held it um, in honor by his word was being held by honor by the yeah, people. People listen to what he said. He he had power and he comes to their defense and says, Hey, how about we don't kill them, but we just kinda, you know, teach them a lesson. So they get beaten and as they're being thrown out, almost they get thrown out and this is where I just the Lord continued to walk me through this time in this in this verse, which is Act 541. And I'm going to read it for y'all if sure. that's okay. Yeah. He says, Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, how more or what more could I go through? How more could I not have a place of maybe wanting to complain or wanting to say like, that's it, Lord, I'm flipping the table. I don't want to do anything anymore. 
And as I'm struggling with trying to help my own thoughts captive, the Lord brings me here. And I have nothing but to say. It's like, hey, Lord, okay. I'm encouraged to see that these these guys are not just going through a hard season. They're not just having 11 people living at their house. They're not having a career change. They're not going back to school when I thought I wasn't going to be able to go back to school. And they don't have a middle schooler starting this year. Yet they're being being beaten to death. They're I mean I can their only, lives are at, yeah their lives are at stake. Yes, like I can't even imagine them like just so brutally beaten that you're about to die, and yet what comes out of their mouth is, it is worth suffering for our heavenly Father. So let us rejoice. And I'm like, man, Lord, this is a season where instead of me feeling as a victim or of me feeling that I there should be pity on me, it's like, hey, Lord, how can I rejoice in what you're doing in this moment? That you felt that I was worthy to be able to see you in these moments. And so be it if this is what I have to go through in order for me to be able to glorify you in what I'm doing in this moment. That's so good, Martha. I think that what I heard you just share is, hey, there's there was this season in your life that was incredibly stressful for an abundance of reasons. And it almost felt like the next thing would be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Like if there's one more stressful element added to my life, I'm going to lose my mind. Mm-hmm. And I think the question that that a lot of us can relate to that, that I've experienced when those stressful or high-pressure seasons occur is, God, are you still here? God, are you still good? God, why are you, why me? Like, why are you doing this? But what we see with the apostles is, that they're in an incredibly stressful situation, standing before these officials with their lives at stake. And their response is to praise God just that they didn't die. Like they don't complain about the stressfulness of having to withstand this beating, but they're like, hey, God's still good. Exactly. This is horrible, but God's still good. They don't even say this is horrible. It just says they left rejoicing. Exactly. Exactly. Convicting. Yeah. And hear me say, I know we all struggle and it's hard. Yeah. I mean, we, we, emotions are just gauges that the Lord has given us. And He is an emotional God. Like He created us into His image, which means that we can assume that He is an emotional God. I mean, and we see it through Jesus. Jesus went through so many emotions. But I think here the importance of it is what's the heart behind it as we're going through the struggles, as Mm -hmm. we're going through the hard times. So it's not about becoming the most, you know, yes, we do want to gear ourselves in strength and want to surrender to the Lord and know that we can do this. But in the moment of hardness, it's it's okay and having that balance of like, this is really, really hard, Lord. But I am going to be grounded and anchored in your truth that you are with me and that I can rejoice in the hardness that I'm going through right now. So again, it's not about invalidating, but it's not also surrendering and letting our emotions kind of control everything. That's so good, Martha. I'm thinking we're out of time. That's right. She's giving us the thumbs up from across the room. (laughs) But thank you for being here. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.